0: Hi guys, my name is Dom and welcome back to my podcast 120 Hertz, which is designed for a deeper dive into all the latest tech news stories and headlines. Okay, today we're joined by Ben to discuss all the latest tech news, uh, including the M1 MacBook Pro, um, we've got the release of Cyberpunk 2077, and the possibility of an Apple iCar in 2024 or 2025. So uh, Ben, welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's great to have you joining me today.
1: Hello. Well, nice to see you. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me.
0: No, no worries. How are you? You alright?
1: I'm good. Thanks. In the uh, run up to Christmas, and just just uh, getting university sorted and um, making sure that I've got everyone's presents and everything done. God, that's an absolute uh, bugbear. I mean, this time of that year, is. Isn't
0: it? Yeah. I mean, that has definitely been hard. I mean, I've managed to do most of mine um, online this year, but um, yeah. even that's been quite difficult to do. So.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's not been it's not been a fun experience with everyone. I mean, we just had the traffic centre reopen there, or haven't we? But uh, even with that, I think people are still doing everything online. And God, I feel sorry for delivery companies at this time.
0: Yeah, just absolutely bombarded. I know, like I've just had so many like Amazon parcels and God knows yeah. what just delivered because it's the only place we can actually get stuff from. So, um, Jeff so yeah, just loving it, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely making making his money. Um, so as many people know, um, Apple released their first brand new M1 MacBook uh, lineup this year, which is their custom chip. So they moved away from the Intel processors, which they've been using for many years, and they focused on their own Apple Silicon processor. And with this, they claimed huge leaps in performance on both speed and efficiency, Um, I think there was 18 hours of batch life claimed and up to four times faster than the previous generation MacBook Pros, which is a crazy amount of performance gains. Um, So Ben, you've been using this MacBook or the M1 MacBook Pro since it came out, haven't you? Uh,
1: Yeah, I think I I ordered it maybe like two days after it was released. Um, Mainly, I think my main reason I bought it was probably because my old one, uh, the macbook air the 2017 generation had started to sort of go start to die on me basically um so i just I, i've got that great so far no problems with it um in terms of the so i think did you say they mentioned they said 18 hours worth of battery
0: yeah so they were claiming 18 hours of battery life um which i mean is a crazy amount of time for a, for a portable laptop
1: yeah definitely i think um I mean, I've seen loads of videos of people who have said that they've probably got up to 18 hours. I think um, I saw I think, uh, Marquise Brownlee who said uh, that he'd been using it for four days or something. It had only gone down to 27%. Um, yeah. I'd love to know what he was doing because I, I mean, the I, I, <laughs> battery's definitely, definitely improved, especially with the stereotypical Apple battery um, compared to what I used to have to charge my macbook air maybe twice twice a day bearing in mind i was doing a lot of work on it uh, but this mm-hmm. one i can probably use for two days and then I'm, it's probably about 20 percent um i will admit i am one of those people where i don't like letting it get below 20 percent and then i'll just charge you back to full um but i'd say speed, speed and like efficiency wise it's brilliant
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: definitely faster than anything i've used before um Although I, I have seen things online. um, I think I saw an article that said that it's probably best to use it with uh, Safari. Uh, but I'm a Google Chrome but like user just because it has all my passwords on it. It has my bookmarks and everything. And if I wanted to, I'd have to. I'm quite lazy and I don't really fancy moving all those over. Um, So probably, I, I think when it first came out as well, they were having problems, I believe, with um Google Chrome. And, the, it, and I saw them, it was crashing on me quite a lot, Google Chrome, but then, Uh, They released an update, so since then, no problems. It's uh, been really good so far,
0: yeah. That's good, I think. Um, because it's so new and because it's obviously the first generation that Apple has put Mm. the Apple Silicon chip in it, it is to be expected that there's going to be some issues. I mean, in WWDC, um, earlier this year, they said that it was going to the transition period was going to take two years to actually fully. Um, go over to the Apple Silicon chip. So you can understand it taking quite a long time. Um, but yeah, as you've just mentioned there, I knew... So at Office, I think it was just last week, actually released a complete update for the new M1 uh, chip alongside their own, actually, ARM-based processor. They hadn't actually released a proper version of their their own Office suite for their own uh, ARM-based processor, but they released it alongside the... Um, the m1 chip and also google chrome as you said i've just pushed out an update to um make yeah. sure it works with the apple silicon chip as well which is good
1: yeah i think that's one of the, one of the things isn't it? you've got to let um app developers you've got to let them have the time to adjust because obviously they've never had to adjust they've just used an intel um based processor so it's just mm-hmm. quite easy you just make make it adaptable to windows and then you don't have to worry um, and I think with the, um, the new Silicon-based processor, they've had to sort of adapt. Uh, maybe you could you could argue if you're playing devil's advocate that Apple should have maybe worked with developers, especially big developers like Google Chrome um, yeah. and other, other like Office uh, before the release so that it was ready in preparation. But like you say, you're always going to get these sort of um, teething problems when you release something as big as this. They've never moved to their own processor. It's quite a big leap for them, especially as a company. Um, but I think it's worked out so far from what I've seen. From the reviews I've seen, I've not really seen any negatives um, from everyday people that you would probably look to when you go and, before you buy something, you obviously go and Google, you know, MacBook Pro review. And yeah, you absolutely. You
0: go, you go to YouTube. Well, that's what I do anyway. Um, that's what I do. And- you know, the big tech YouTubers um that we all aspire to be. Um I definitely look up look look to them and see see what their thoughts are um on the on the new products.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But yeah, I think as you said, um Apple did do they did do some really good things actually with the with the transition. So they included Rosetta 2, um, which yeah. was a really good um I mean if, if for those of you who don't know, um Rosetta was their original when they moved from um, the PC, uh, Power PC to Intel. They used Rosetta, the original one, and they 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 use Rosetta two for this transition to Intel to the Apple Silicon. And what it does is every single app which is on the MacBook or whatever app you're using, it automatically transitions the code um, from the Intel code to the Apple Silicon code, which is really clever. Um, because it means that people can carry on using their favorite apps and don't have to wait for developers to do all the tweaking and um, changing um, around. Obviously, obviously, you're still going to run into some problems with using Rosetta 2, but at least it gives you a a, a sort of um, fix for now, um, waiting on apps such as Adobe Photoshop and their suite, which isn't actually coming, or the Apple Silicon version of that, the M1 um, chip version of that isn't coming until early twenty twenty one, which is obviously just around the corner now. Um, but it, it gives people that time to uh, to transition.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um it's definitely something that a lot of people are gonna to look to as well in the next sort of few months is in, is uh, upgrading because they're they're not gonna they've already said haven't they with the release of the M1 they're not gonna be looking to move back the other way. So I think it's just about people are now gonna to have to look at I always think with Apple the first generation is probably never gonna be the best for anything it's yeah. always gonna be maybe the second if not the third generation because you, you have to find those tweaks that you have that you have to make um, and it's just gonna it's gonna take a while no matter what you're say it's gonna take a while anything takes a while
0: yeah absolutely I mean if you just look at the iPhones for example you've got the you used to have like the iPhone 5 and then the iPhone 5s and the iPhone 5s was the the mid model if you like and it was always um, a really big step in 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 performance and and power boost from the original one because they found those tweaks and they could refine the parts that didn't quite work. Um, but I think it's going to be exactly the same with the uh, Apple Silicon Macs.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, by the time I come around to upgrading this Mac, which wait well, will be probably be hopefully around three three or four years because that's normally how long I leave my Macs. Yeah. Um, i reckon they'll have a really good mac by that point you know pushing some extreme boundaries with battery uh with speed as well i'm hoping maybe the cost may come down a bit but that's just wishful thinking i think
0: <laughs> yeah i mean they've i mean it's apple and they've always got to charge this sort of walled garden um price to actually get into the ecosystem yeah um but I do think. I mean, looking at the um, the Mac Mini lineup, for example, they did bring the price down for that on their new M1 uh, Mac Mini to, uh, from a hundred to a hundred dollars less, um, yeah. and that was solely because they didn't have to source the processor from from Intel, and obviously were able to um, to make their own to use the Apple Silicon processor, which definitely helped um, bring that price down. So I do hope definitely that um, it's going to bring the price down in the future, and just to to for, for for listeners um there's there is rumors of a of a redesigned uh, MacBook Pro which we're going to see next year um in in fall 2021 um which is going to have it's going to be a 14-inch MacBook Pro which is going to relate uh, rela- sorry um uh which is going to take over from the 13-inch MacBook Pro from this year um it's going to have a redesigned display um possibly an OLED or mini LED display um and it's going to have um, the new M1 chip in, as I mentioned before. So that that's something to look forward to next year. And again, hopefully, we'll see a bit more refine, uh, refining and uh, and and tuning up of the, the the MacBook Pro for this year.
1: I think that's one thing, isn't it? You sort of, um, I, I've obviously I went from a, a 2017 generation MacBook Air to a to the brand new 2020. And you probably don't realise how much, how like far they've come with the the um, changes they've made. Obviously, they moved from the butterfly keyboard to the Magic Keyboard, which is so much better. I, yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think the the, the the actual keys are bigger, aren't they, on the Magic Keyboard?
0: Yeah, they're bigger, and they've just got a better travel on them. So you can actually, the way you push, like the push down the keys, is just fun. I mean, no one misses the butterfly keyboard um yeah, it was the most don't. horrible designed keyboard um and i think apple actually with this one realized their mistake um by by tu- um, going over to the magic keyboard again cuz it was absolutely awful
1: yeah i, I can't think of the probably the, the countless hours i've saved like writing up um work and assessments and stuff like that literally just from not having to make mistakes and then deleting it and then going back it just yeah. feel it flows so much nicer, so mm, much easier, absolutely. and I think it, it's one of the smaller things that that has changed in the years. I think another few things are probably, for me anyway, um, the screen itself, the definition of the screen, and like the crispness of the screen, just looks so much nicer. Um, yeah. It's so much like flu- more fluid. Um, I, what generation of Pro do you have?
0: I have the 2000 or late 2016 one. So, and mine's now like getting on to five years old almost.
1: Well, yeah, like even there, you could probably see the difference, can't you, in in yours and how much further they've come?
0: Yeah. Um, absolutely. I don't think
1: 2016 yeah. generation didn't have the touch bar, did it, at the top?
0: It, it did on some, but my one, I opted with it without. So, um, oh, okay. I've just got function keys at the top of mine.
1: Oh, okay oh i think yeah at that time it was kind of just like an extra add-on. it was joystick, an option yeah it? yeah okay do yeah, you, do you use the, t- t- the touch bar definitely yeah sometimes well, i do for bright i have to do for brightness which is oh uh, yeah of a course yeah at yeah. the moment with that whether or not um it changes it like every time you close the laptop i think that's one thing that's starting to really frustrate <laughs> me at the moment is when you can oh. You close. You can turn the laptop off. You can close it. You could. You could let it go idle for maybe five minutes and then just turn it straight back on, and the brightness will always go back to fifty percent for some reason, and I don't know why. I don't know whether it's a setting I've just missed, but I, I cannot seem to get it to change.
0: I I can't understand why that why that's happening. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it is. That's very, very strange that you you set it to make sure it's the right brightness. Turn it off, and I don't know whether that's maybe something to do with the battery because of, because they're claiming so long in battery. When you turn it up, you know, is the ambient sensor just going right? Okay, we'll turn the ba- turn the brightness down to automatically save on battery. I don't know.
1: It it could it be the only explanation. I mean, I've turned off auto brightness. Um, I've pro- I think I've looked through every possible setting there is on system preferences and i still can't find it um but yeah i think that has to be and i mean it is a, a minor point the only problem i have with uh the new macbook other than that performance is brilliant battery life is pretty good i'd like to see the longevity of it and whether or not that how long that stays up because you know they're they're um notorious for their battery is just suddenly dying on you. Um, so we'll see over the long run. But I think short term, been great. No problems with it at all.
0: Yeah. And have you been able to push your MacBook, do you think? Have you have you like pushed the performance-wise?
1: Probably this week with the amount of um, stuff I've had open on it uh, just for assessments and stuff. Um, I wouldn't say I really pushed it because there's not really a lot that I do on it. Obviously, I'm not editing on it. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, obviously I watch stuff on it and um, stuff like that, but I wouldn't say I'm really pushing it. Um, I think at, at the start it did struggle, but like we said, that was only just because development hadn't been, or developers hadn't released the code. So they yeah. worked with the M1 chip. So like stuff like Spotify on it was crashing all the time. But oh, okay. That was probably the so, sort of first week. And then after that, no problems with it because just, you um, either updated stuff like Chrome or just uh, deleted and reinstalled them after the update or the new so that's generation. A, that's a release. really
0: quick fix though, isn't it? Like a week for Spotify to get around and I mean, yeah, that's, that's very impressive actually for the, for them to kind of fix that.
1: Yeah. I think the only thing I'd say on that is probably, I don't, I probably got it maybe the week after the first batch had been sent out. So I think okay. I, I, I think I put put my order in Um around about seven days after the announcement had been made. So it, it you'd been able to put orders in for about seven days. So I probably was sort of the, the second batch that had been sent out to people, I reckon. Um, but even still, maybe, what, two weeks since the announcement, a week since the first people had got theirs, they'd probably had it fixed. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah. And for some of these things, for all these things, really, you need the products to be in circulation before... Um, yeah. You can refine it that way. So, well, I think that's
1: how we look at sort of the gaming industry. They release, you know, like eighty percent games get released with bugs in them because they have to, or they have, you know, like betas and alphas, because they have to see, they have to have, you know, consumers push the games to show them where the weak falls and the pitfalls are, so that they can change it.
0: Exactly, I think that that sort of brings us really nicely actually onto our our second story. Um which you've sort of described in in perfect form there, is uh, the release of the hotly anticipated Cyberpunk 2077. Um, Nine
1: years in the making.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, yeah, four years in development, this game was. Um, So the hype was absolutely huge. So it had expansive maps, uh, a huge storyline, and really detailed characters. Um, And it also uh, had three delays, um, to the game due to the due to the global pandemic which is which is fair enough, um, but that slowed down production um slightly. Um, but the law, the launch certainly wasn't uh, CD projects uh, what they expected anyway. Um, the game was pretty much unplayable from the get-go on Xbox one and uh, ps4 wasn't it
1: Yeah and just off off the off the start I think it really surprises me as well with a company like CD project red. You know they released uh, the Witcher Three, which is yeah by far probably up there within the top three games ever created. I think most most, you know, not couch gamers, most like actual avid gamers would argue is probably one of the greatest uh, RPGs ever. Yeah, um, and I think that's probably what they were going for with this, mm-hmm. and the concept. Always going to be brilliant. The concept yeah. was brilliant. And I think they probably did need those four years of development to get it right. Um, maybe they just put too much pressure on themselves to have it released this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, a, a very futuristic, tech-heavy... I mean, the map, yeah. apparently, according to a lot of people, is, is basically bigger than GTA V, which, I mean, that's got a huge map in it. So yeah. it, it is a massive, massive game. Um, and for those of you who weren't familiar with the problems i mean people most must a lot of people read about the problems but um the graphics were just hideous on xbox 1 and ps4 i mean you walked up to um to to go and interact with people and the the faces were missing on people it was it was just awful and it just didn't play very well at all um which i mean for a next you know for a rather expensive game in 2020 um Having, having having said that, I mean it. It did work really well on high-end PCs, Google Stadia, and next-gen consoles like the Xbox Series X and PS5. Um, but of course, you know, CD Projekt Red said it was going to work on all these different consoles, whether that be uh, Google Stadia, PS4, Xbox One. I mean, the Xbox Series X, the new generation consoles, everything. So. Did they set the bar too high, or did they try and?
1: Yeah, I think it's 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 all well and good saying, oh, it worked on sort of high end PCs and you know next gen consoles, but especially with like the shortage of next gen consoles, Absolutely, they should yeah. have they should have prepared for that. Mm-hmm. They should have gone current gen, because I think we're, we're with as with sort of the, the the Apple MacBook and stuff, we're in that sort of transitional stage with consoles yeah. where
0: oh absolutely yeah probably
1: 80 percent of people still well 80 percent a bit high but the majority of people probably still have either a ps4 or an xbox one um mm-hmm. i mean i i mean i do i've got an xbox one um and i was very tempted to get that game and i'm so glad that i put it off just because after seeing that it's practically unplayable on the yeah. current gen it's, it's just ridiculous it doesn't make sense
0: yeah and even as you said that it the original release date was uh April wasn't it it was april twenty twenty which would have been way yeah. before the next gen consoles came out um so to have it unplayable on the current consoles is it's pretty it's pretty rubbish because if it had been released in April i mean if we hadn't had a global pandemic in the way that that would have been a huge a huge
1: problem wouldn't it for c d budget red definitely i think um as well with CD Projekt Red, they probably, with having the legacy of The Witcher 3 behind them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that probably didn't help, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, like we said, The Witcher 3, incredible game. Um, it's so like dense in everything you can do in that game. That I think they went for the same thing in a futuristic setting, but they just didn't um, allow for certain things. Like I say, the concept's incredible. The outcome not so much
0: yeah i mean so yeah there there is so there's the new fix which is i think it came out yesterday or the day before which is version 1.5 i believe um which having spoken to people and having looked online and stuff it does seem to have improved a lot of the issues that played the when it came out on the 10th but is it too late? I don't know. Um, you know, I think I've of people been put off by the shaky launch.
1: I mean, I wouldn't say people have been put off. I mean, um, there's been games in the past, haven't there, that have had this problem. The one that always springs to mind for me is um, AC Unity. That yeah. game was plagued. Sort of similar um, issues as well, actually. Uh, graphics faces not showing or very like dismorphed faces. Yeah. Um. You know, traversal wasn't really working, and you know you'd be running on nothing. You know, thirty <laughs> feet in the air. Um. And you'd be, you know, some stupid things like that. I think that game started off bad, but after a few updates, I think they found the the issues and you know they fixed it and they finally did get a player base. But was it too late for that game? I mean, it. I started playing that. Didn't I? Don't think I ever finished it because of the problems, and I just never really went back to it. Whether or not yeah. that was because of the things happened, you know, other games came out or um, other issues happened, I just don't. I think it' got, been given too much hype. Yeah, people I will, will I give it. Agree. People will give it another chance because of how much hype it's got and the depth of it. You know, AC Unity, just as an example, is it wasn't really a groundbreaking game at the time. Mm-hmm. It was just another instalment. So people were like, Oh, we'll leave it for a year, we'll just get the yeah. next one, which I think was um, or two years. Was it Origins? The one after that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, so I think whereas people are with Cyberpunk, it's 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 his own game, it's a standalone game, and then they know what they're gonna get from CD Project Red, as they've seen in The Witcher. Yeah. Um, so I probably will go back to it maybe in a few months, uh, just to give it time to you know go through that sort of transitional process uh, but i definitely do want to end up playing it i mean what have your experiences been have you enjoyed it so far i saw your stream where yeah. you were playing it the other day and you seem to be enjoying it
0: yeah i mean on on google stadia as i mentioned it it played amazingly from from the 10th of december when it was released i mean it, no issues whatsoever but of course that is cloud-based gaming on essentially yeah. next gen hardware so um, I don't know whether you, you know, the, the, the whole point of Google Stadia is, is fantastic. You're playing on, on hardware, which, which Google can upgrade and update whenever and whenever they can. Um, and there was talk on, a, on, a, on an interview the other day, which said basically they're working on Gen 2 hardware for Google Stadia, which isn't any, there's no physical hardware change for the average user, but behind the scenes, Google can basically just, you know, take out a graphics card, put in a new graphics card. And yeah. it's as simple as that like because it's on, because it's a cloud-based platform. It all happens behind the scene. And because it's a subscription based, um base based service, then, then that just happens automatically. So, and that's a fantastic thing. And of, of course, again, with Cyberpunk 2077, Google Stadia has no updates, no downloads or anything. So, that all happens in google server rooms so you don't see any of the of the download time or the update time so uh, you know it, the the hot fix um, uh, version 1.5 was just there it was just automatically 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 downloaded um which is fantastic but as i say it played really well from from day one
1: yeah it seemed it i mean as i said i was came to the stream the other day and it seemed like it was going well um as in the performance i mean not not the uh not the actual uh, game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um but I think there's the scope for them to improve, as with everything. Um Google is only in its in its uh, sort of infancy. Only in yeah. I mean I know it's released really a few years, but
0: it's, it's only had it well, it's, it's had its first state. its first year. It's it's first year still. Yeah. So exactly it's exactly. only just a year and a bit old. A year and a month actually.
1: So I think with it being in its infancy, it's still got a lot to learn. And especially since this is like the first sort of hardcore scope of uh, stream based gaming, you know, you, you can still, I don't think, I I can't think of any other sort of company that's tried stream based gaming properly uh, and it's worked, whereas Stadia Mm -hmm. seems to have worked. Uh, And I I can see sort of uh, a move away from disk I know we've talked sort of had to move away from disk based gaming anyway with obviously a lot of game stores with Xbox uh, the PlayStation store yeah um, and stuff like that but I think subscription and streaming services are going to be the sort of next step I mean I know this has been the thing for years and years but you look at um, Netflix Amazon Prime you know prime video uh, yeah. now TV uh, Disney plus I mean I I got Disney plus the other day it's, it's great there's so much stuff on there and i didn't even realize yeah, i thought it was like just disney films
0: no no i i absolutely love disney plus um i i got it mainly for the mandalorian which if you haven't watched is just phenomenal
1: i will be watching it don't worry i've 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 just finished um what did i just finish i know a lot i've just started the mcu again so i'm starting on that on that again that's going to take me a while uh, i think
0: yeah so you've got a lot to uh, a lot to get through for that one yeah definitely
1: <laughs> yeah definitely uh, i think um the mandalorian is something i definitely want to give a go um but i've just finished the queen's gambit actually on netflix uh which i've not
0: seen that yet but i've heard very, very good things. very
1: good show um i think to a lot of people it'll probably seem quite boring because it's the life of a chess uh, champion um, but I think it's another Netflix. Brilliant is the cinematography on that program. With that, a lot of Netflix originals, is just incredible. The way they, the yeah. way Netflix do cinematography is beyond.
0: I think that's it. They, they, they've now just you know you get Netflix a lot for the just the Netflix originals because yeah. they are absolutely phenomenal. Um, the Crown, for example, is really good. Um, there's there's ton. I mean, there's loads of stuff that netflix just excels in i mean sex education for one of them it's just brilliant i mean yeah there's there's so much that netflix do um and i think that that is a perfect example of describing where stadia perhaps is gonna go you know it's it's the move from traditional hardware-based gaming to a cloud-based subscription-based gaming where you get free games because you pay a subscription um but also the ability to pay for games as well um which definitely helps i think with the 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 problem as well with with cyberpunk 2077 which we didn't sort of touch on before is the fact that this fall there seems to be like just so many amazing games that have come out we've got watchdogs legion um ac valhalla um we've got um immortals Phoenix rising on on a lot of consoles as well which is really good um there's There's so much that's come out at once, so I don't think that's helped as well.
1: Yeah, I think you know you've got some you've got three pretty explosive AAA titles there with AC watchdogs and cyberpunk. Um, obviously that's that has happened in the past, uh, but I think, especially with what's happened this year. Mm-hmm. those three companies have done extremely well to get those games out on time. I know Cyberpunk yeah. was delayed from April but and it had was delayed from November to December. But I think yeah. you know uh Ubisoft and um well both are Ubisoft aren't they uh for yeah. Watch and AC. Uh they they did extremely well to get uh those games out. Uh what well, did did they come out after there was that incident at Montreal with the um there was a hostage situation, was not there in Montreal? Uh,
0: yeah, they they did South come out Montreux. after because I mean, Watch Dogs was another one that was delayed. It was supposed to come out in March twenty twenty, I think, yeah. and then got delayed till November. So again, it's a, it's a similar story.
1: I think they've done pretty. If that is the case, they've done pretty well to get a game like that out. Um, they've done pretty well to get a game like that out after a, a situation like that, uh, mm. which is um pretty good.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, having said that, I mean, there's this. I don't know whether you've seen like the news stories recently that Cyberpunk has still sold 13 million copies of the game, even that that's even taken into account the that, Sony yeah, actually, yeah. the Sony store, um, which obviously they, they pulled off the Sony store, um, and offered people refunds if they weren't happy with the uh, with the game.
1: Yeah, I think they have done pretty well. Um, I think it's just that they need to uh, sort these things out. They almost need like a a, a second wave of releases, I think, Yeah. and just say, we're sorry this has happened. They're not going to do this because they're a company and they need to make money. But I think from a consumer aspect, what they need to do is in maybe February or March, after they've sorted everything out and the game is ready properly, uh, if they can get it done that quickly, they almost need to come out in March and say, listen, we know we charged you £54, but... We're actually going to sell the game for fifty now because we've yeah we, we feel sorry for you and we've fixed everything. Um, and yeah. I think I, I understand that obviously it's harder to make a game, but I also think the the what what some companies are charging now for uh, games is, is is quite ridiculous. You know, mm. uh, Series X get, Series X games are sixty four pound. Know, yeah, sounds weird. It makes sounds old, but like I remember going into a shop. And being able to get you know, like um, game station or game, and being able to get a game for 40 pounds, maybe 35. Like, that's how much yeah. it's changed since 2013.
0: Going into um, Blockbuster and uh, picking out the <laughs> games. I remember the Blockbuster sale really well, getting so many games for uh, I got a Borderlands 2, I think, Borderlands 2 for like 13 pounds from Blockbuster in their sale. <laughs> yeah,
1: Gr- Granger Games was always the one for us cause Where where I'm from, there's a um, there used to be a Grange Games before they went bust. And I think, I don't know if you know this, but Grange Games had a policy where if you bought a game and you weren't happy with it, within the first 48 hours, you could take it back. So oh, that's good. a few times, sort of exploited it a bit. You just finished the game and then take <laughs> yeah. it back within 40 hours and be like, actually, didn't enjoy this game. Can I have my money back? <laughs> that is funny. <brilliant. laughs> it probably just, isn't great, on. but...
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean that—that's a pretty. I mean, you gotta do it if you complete the game within forty hours. I mean, surely you're entitled to get that get that refund back.
1: Hmm. I can't remember what game it was actually. I think it was the first Dishonored. Um, <laughs> finished it so quickly. I mean, it wasn't a long game anyway. But um, yeah, finished it, and it was just like I'll take it back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you might as well. I mean, when that things, yeah, when that's there, you might as well bring it back and get your hmm. get your money back.
1: Can you can you think of the fastest game you've ever completed?
0: That was probably one of the um classes. probably uh call of duty ghosts and that wasn't a long game
1: Oh, the campaign
0: yeah that was a really short campaign
1: yeah. mm. you know what i've still not i started the cold war campaign i've still not finished it that's one thing i need to do yeah i have to somehow find time yeah
0: so some some time to get around to it out of everything else that you gotta do yeah. definitely
1: it's i have been a law student isn't it Dom?
0: Absolutely, yeah, definitely agree, uh, and on top of everything else as well. Yeah, but yeah, the the th- final story that I thought would be uh, would be good to discuss. Um, it's a it's a pretty bizarre one, which has just come out in the last couple of days. Um, but there's been rumors surfacing about the creation of an Apple iCar, um, which will debut in 2024 or 2025. Um, it will use the electric battery tech like Tesla cars, um, and will have automated driving functionality. Um, however, given that it's it Apple and the nature, um, it's you know, it's definitely going to be extremely expensive. Um, yeah. So what, what do you think of this, rumor? What do you think of an Apple iCar, Ben?
1: Um, I think it's a good idea. You know what? I can't tell whether it's a good idea or not. I want to say it's a good idea, but I think that's maybe being optimistic because as much as Apple are good at tech, a car is a completely different, Yeah. you know you don't see and I know it's an an electric car you don't see Ford ever trying to get in the computer business do you I think it's just one of them where you just need to they need to evaluate whether or not it's actually feasible like I'm sure they've got engineers I'm sure they could you know buy a um, section of a of a manufacturing company and um, Mm then and create one i mean i saw i don't i don't know if you've seen the, co- the concept picture the concept picture looks quite nice um yeah. again will it work in in reality i'm not sure what do you think
0: i i don't know um i think i think apple i mean they are just they do find every single way of trying to make money and trying to get into the next thing like we've got apple yeah apple glasses with the you know, augmented reality which tim cook as we know is is firmly um he's a firm believer in uh, augmented reality so he wants to get the apple glasses working and and not like a disaster like google glass was when that first came out years ago um and i think with apple as well they they will only release things when they fully defined it sorry fully refined it fully um got the the concept it's not a concept it's a fully fledged product i think that's why potentially it's not going to be released until 2024 2025 until it is absolutely ready um but i mean there's there's companies like sony that debuted there they had their and it was just this year actually they had their own um car which they debuted at i think um yeah it was an event earlier this year but it wasn't um it wasn't a car that was ever going to be seen by the public. It was just a concept of what they could do with the internals and the specs and mm. the futuristic design. Um, so, you yeah. know, will Apple actually do this and and will it be a, a consumer product? I, I don't know. Um, and I think, as I said before, it's going to be a consumer product. If it is a consumer product, it'll be extremely expensive.
1: Yeah, I think just the logistics of it as well. Like, if they if they want to do this, you know, they've got to open dealerships, they've got to yeah. um, have, you know, uh, garages where they have to fix stuff. Uh, I don't know if Tesla did it and they could take a leaf out of Elon's book um, whether or not they want to or not, whether or not they think that's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, I mean, they might as well. He's just become the second richest person in the world. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of logistics behind it that just wouldn't make sense for them. They've got to develop Mm. the car. They've got to design the car. They've got to um, figure out a way to manufacture the car. Then they've got to find somewhere they can sell the car. Then they've actually got to find an audience. You know, it took years for Tesla. And I know Tesla wasn't a big name at the time, but it took years for Tesla to become what I would say is a household name now. Yeah. Um, Just that it it took so it just took so long for them to become this name, even with the backing of Elon Musk. Um, And and as we said
0: before, um, there's a whole story that came out because of the iCar thing that uh, said that Elon Musk had wanted to sell Tesla in its early days with the with the Model Three and its struggles. They they wanted to sell it to Apple. I mean, Mm. it for like literally one tenth of what it was worth now what it's worth now um and apparently tim cook didn't even show up to the meeting so (laughs) it was um it was crazy i mean i bet he's kicking himself now that he didn't have tesla under his belt as a company but i don't think tesla would be the company that is now like i think it needed elon Musk to run it and to head it and to be the company it is now and i don't think it would have worked under apple's wing i think
1: That's with a lot of things, you know, it's all well and good saying, oh, this person almost bought this company, or this person Mm -hmm. almost bought shares in this company and they didn't, like, I bet they regret it now. Probably, chances are, it wouldn't be the company it is now. Tesla, probably, there's probably a reason why Tim Cook didn't take that meeting at the time, maybe. Mm -hmm. Tesla was seen as sort of a joke. Um, And like you said, it was the dark days of Tesla. People weren't really taking them seriously. Um, yeah. Obviously, that's changed now. I mean, I can walk down, down uh, around where I live, and I can—I I already know about five people or houses where you can see a te- at least one Tesla. Yeah, um,
0: and they always and stand out as well, don't they?
1: On. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's mean, such it, a nice design.
0: Yeah, they're such a nice design. They're there to make an impact, make a make a statement. You know, yeah. you walk, walk past, you see that massive T on the front. It's like, ah, right. Tesla.
1: Yeah. Then I think um I've always said that sort of recent not always recently if I was able to have sort of an a nice car, not like a a Lamborghini, something stupid like that. <laughs> um I'd I'd want something like a Tesla. Yeah, um, I have said the same just that's because the same as well, isn't it? He wants it to be affordable. He wants to bring that affordability down so that it's not yeah. a um Pricey car, I think the model three at the moment is I'm trying to think. I think brand new, it's about, about
0: 50,000, isn't it? but yeah, maybe plus. Which... it's not, it's still under. I think, I think every single Tesla model is, unless you spec out to the max, is below that 100,000 figure. I don't think it goes above that, which as yeah. you say, it keeps it in the well, semi affordable bracket. Um, and I think
1: as well with a lot of people a lot of people are moving away from just buying outright brand new cars now nowadays. Yeah. They either they either finance them or lease them. Yeah. Or they um, buy pre owned. And as soon as you buy a brand new car, it immediately loses its value anyway. Um yeah. so pre owned cars, I mean you can probably get a pre owned Tesla. I don't even know, not a lot. Um depending on the year, depending on the model, obviously. Um yeah. but I think as well what Tesla are doing is quite quite important and interesting you know they they're not just selling you a car i remember i looked a few years ago because i wanted to i looked into tesla because it's quite a good company and i wanted to sort of do some research on it they you can get obviously you get the charge the charger that goes on your house so that you can charge yeah it. um but you can buy and install solar panels that charge the charger so that it's like reusable energy
0: oh uh, that's I pretty think good so that
1: it's pretty good considering you know you know it's not like a, a car company where they just give you the car and then it's right you know, like, deal with it yourself whatever mm. you need to do and go to a different garage etc etc they sort of want to help you uh, and I remember reading an article that if you have problems with it if you like break down I think they guarantee something like a, someone will be out to you within 45 minutes of your call or something which I think is God, pretty that's, impressive that's
0: really quick yeah and of course so that you know, as you mentioned it, it is but, a it is a bigger service in the fact that you've got the supercharger points which have been sprout like springing up all around the country um and i think that's something that apple's gonna have to think about you know are they going to have like a a massive network mm-hmm. of, of of charges of their charges around the country as well
1: yeah and i think when it first when they first happened obviously there wasn't a lot of charges and i think yeah they had to they quickly they quickly realized luckily that Um, they needed a a lot more they needed to sort of mass produce these chargers uh, just because you know i remember seeing videos of stuff and there'd be like 40 Teslas parking up to to charge yeah because there's only like three part there's only three charges in a 50 mile radius so Mm -hmm. i think they quickly realized that so apple's problem there will be they either either make it so that they go into partnership with tesla and say we'll pay you so that we can use your charges and apple cars yeah. can use your charges which probably would be a better idea or they mass produce charges and put them around the country which yeah. i think is going to be feasible for them um mm, i think they'd no. probably just rather just pay pay tesla
0: yeah and i think i think maybe that will be the thing maybe it'll be working in conjunction with tesla so like you know, so because I I heard stories of like even sc- the sort of Scotland supercharging um network is apparently really really poor. I mean, there's there's mm. like there's far and few in between. Whereas if you come further south, I mean, as as with anything, you come further yeah. south, there's a lot more Tesla char- chargers wherever you go. Um, but is that is that going to be a thing? Is it going to be you know they're working with Tesla to try and build on the infrastructure of supercharge points? Of course, it's now written in. In law, that um, that every like all cars have got to be. So you buy a new car by twenty thirty, and it's got to be an electric car, which I think is a is definitely a good thing. Um, but then again, as we said before, you've got to then expand the the amount of of, of charges that are, are
1: available. Yeah, I think on that as well. Just on that generic point that obviously by twenty thirty, from twenty thirty, you have to buy an electric car, don't you? I think. It might be slight oversight. Obviously, the government may know what they're doing. Or we won't go into that. Um, <laughs> but I think that 2030s—it's um, so ten years away, but ten years goes quite fast when it comes to decisions like that. Yeah, and I think that it's basically it forces companies like Tesla and you know electric—it's forcing car companies to quickly, and very quickly design and improve brand new cars. Co- companies mm-hmm. like, um, example before Ford, Ford have never even thought about going electric. Yeah. For sort of the like, sort of recent years, obviously, I, yeah. I think they have an electric car, don't they? I'm trying. To think yeah, I what think they do. I think they
0: do now. I can't remember. What, I can't remember what it is now.
1: But I think I companies like that, because they've always had an engine, obviously, mm-hmm. like a, a petrol or diesel engine, they, they're going to have to quickly adapt and improve the models that they create design. Um, and yeah. otherwise then they're just going to fail and they, they're going to die as a company uh, mm. if, if not by 2030
0: yeah absolutely i think because i think like um if you go to most like like big or like modern tesco stores they all have like a charger like an electric charger at them now but a lot of them there's only one one or two maximum yeah so again this is the problem like you know if you have all these electric cars on the road you, you know, you're not you're not gonna be able to wait hours and hours and hours for someone to to finish off charging before you then charge it. Yeah. So I, I exactly. think there's a lot there's a lot of thinking to be to be done on the whole thing and whether Apple is the company to do that.
1: I, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's one of those things because I mean um, I think I wanna say I think my dad looked up getting a Tesla maybe last year um before he got he got his car. Um and the problem for him was he he drives quite far uh, for work was that to charge it at home because it's not supercharger it can take like eight hours or something like that I think I read when he when he read yeah. it, to it he was like it's, it's about eight hours so you're basically forced to then charge it overnight yeah and I think it if some you know people have lives it's not as regimented as that where you get home and you charge it overnight people might need it at night um you know maybe you're not maybe you're not home at, overnight or something um, and I think that's probably small things that put them off. Is the the home charger isn't a supercharger? I mean, obviously that makes sense because it's um, the cost of it is probably a bit high to make it a supercharger. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think small points like that will put people off.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it. I mean, think there's, there's just there's a lot of yeah logistics and stuff that's gonna and by as I say twenty twenty four twenty five. That's not that long away. Um, yeah for for Apple to then bring out a fully fledged apple i car, you know I don't know that's, that's an interesting interesting thought
1: yeah I just can't I can't see it being logical for them. I think it's one of those points where they just they're trying to gain traction and then it'll just they'll just sort of sidecar in well we don't want we're not doing that anymore because we've got better things to do it'd be like the, yeah,
0: be like the famous apple air power that was like announced, debuted, it was going to be Apple's incredible wireless charging solution that was coming out, was still coming out, was coming out and then just got brushed under the carpet and disappeared off the Apple website, never to be seen again.
1: Yeah, I think Apple are one of those companies that love to do that, don't they? They (laughs) they love to get your hopes up and then uh, sort of linking it to the cyberpunk thing. I think CD Projekt Red did that, got it hyped, but then they actually wanted to deliver on that. Whereas yeah. like Apple are one of those companies where they'll hype up, hype up, hype up, get loads of traction for the company, probably increase their share price. And then like, oh, actually, we wanted to use the production time for that on something else because we've got this brand new Mac that all that's different is you get three hours extra battery. Something yeah, like that. yeah Sort of like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, it, it's not logical. I think it'll be a Sony car. That it, it won't it won't happen. If it does, I'll eat my own words. I'm I
0: <laughs> it will. You'll come back on the podcast to then talk about the uh, the Apple Air Car and its fully fledged, <laughs> fully fledged form.
1: <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty five, and I'll have one in the driveway. Like, oh yeah, said it didn- wouldn't happen. now. Nah, nah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Well, um, thank you guys uh, for listening and joining us both on 120 Hertz. Um, Stay safe and have a wonderful Christmas
1: and we'll catch you in the next one.